So now we move forward to adverse claims. Under Section 70 of 15, PD 1529, it laid down the rules and provision um, on adverse claim. So what does Section 70 of PD 1529 state? So according to Section 70, whoever claims any part or interest in registered land adverse to the registered owner arising subsequent to the date of original registration may, if no other provision is made in this decree for, regist for registering the same, make a statement in writing setting faithfully his alleged right or interest and how or under whom acquired a reference thereto. An adverse claim and the notice of lease pendants are, are two different um, remedies available. Okay? So, don't have the misconception that adverse claim and notice and lease pendants, okay, pareho lang yan. No. Adverse claim is specifically defined under Section 70 of your PD 1529. Now, the adverse claim is only effective for a period of 30 days. Okay, but so adverse claim 30 days lang. So after 30 days, okay na. Wala nang effect yung 30 days. No. After the lapse of the said period, the annotation on the adverse claim may be cancelled upon filing of a verified petition. Meaning, hindi siya automatic. So, after the lapse of the 30 days, if you want the adverse claim cancelled, a petition of cancellation of adverse claim should be filed. Kasi kahit sinabi ng batas na 30 days lang yan, the cancellation is not automatic. Because the law specifically provides that a petition is necessary. Okay? So, take note of that one. Adverse claim... 30 days, but in order for it to be cancelled, a petition is necessary. Take note that there is also no such thing as second adverse claim based on the same ground. Okay? So, hindi pwedeng after the lapse of 30 days, pinakancel yung adverse claim, file mo ulit. Another 30 days ulit. Hindi. There is no such thing as second adverse claim based on the same ground and on the same property. Now, if the adverse claim is adjudged to be invalid, the registration thereof will be ordered as cancelled. Okay, now what happens if eventually napatunayan na yung adverse claim na final ay frivolous pala? Okay, now a fine may be issued or may be given uh, to the said uh, claimant. Okay. Now, what are the requisites of an adverse claim? When can you file for an adverse claim? First, of course, the adverse claimant must state in writing, ano ba yung right or interest niya? Under what circumstances did, did the adverse claimant acquire such right? Okay, you also have to include the description of the land in which the right or interest is claimed. And, anong certificate of title ba ito? Okay, anong specific TCT number ba itong pinag-uusapan natin? The statement must be signed and sworn to before a notary public or any officer authorized by to administer oath. And the claimant should, should state his residence or place where notices may be served to him. If you will not comply with the requirements, then the adverse claim is considered as non-registrable and ineffective. So what is the purpose of an adverse claim? Bakit pa may adverse adverse claim pa? Because in an adverse claim, you're annotating the adverse claim because there is a dispute as to the land. In order to preserve and protect the right of the adverse claimant during the pendency of the controversy. So it serves as a notice of a two-third person that there is a dispute over this particular land. And nakadepende yung outcome sa dispute. So ikaw, kung purchaser ka, may adverse claim, nakadepende dun sa outcome ng dispute kung 
yung yung owner to sa title siya pa rin yung owner or not okay so accordingly the annotation of the adverse claim over registered land requires a claim on the title of the disputed land the annotation is a measure designed to protect the interests of a person over a piece of real property where the registration of such interest or right is not otherwise provided in property registration decree and serves as a notice and warning to third parties. Now, when you speak of an adverse claim, it may or may not be um, subject to a pending suit. Okay, kasi yung notice of lease pendants, clear tayo doon, there is a pending suit. Now, for an adverse claim, hindi necessary na merong pending suit. Okay? Further, in um, adverse claim, the validity or efficaciousness of an adverse claim may only be determined by the court upon petition by an interested party. Mere registration of an adverse claim does not make such claim valid, nor is it permanent in character. Such registration does not confer instant title of ownership, since judicial determination on the issue of ownership is still necessary. So, ito yung sinasabi ko kanina. I will reiterate, the cancellation of an adverse claim is still necessary to render it ineffective. Otherwise, the inscription will remain annotated and shall continue as a lien on the property. What is the rationale? The rationale of the law is for the adverse claim to ipso facto lose force and effect after the lapse of 30 days, then no adverse claim need to be cancelled. So, if the rationale daw is, okay, after 30 days cancelled na, then hindi na, hindi na dapat sinama doon sa provision ng adverse claim yung cancellation. Kasi automatic na pala eh. But because there is an express pronouncement in PD 1529 that you need to cancel the adverse claim, it follows that there is a need for a, a filing of a petition before the adverse claim will be cancelled. Now, the register of deeds cannot unilaterally cancel the adverse claim. There must be a court hearing for that purpose. The reason for this is to, avoid, is to afford the adverse claimant an opportunity to be heard, providing a venue where the propriety of his claimed interest can be established. Now, take note of um, Spouses Ching versus Spouses Enrile. Let's just go um, to the ruling. Okay, the issue here is whether or not the respondents were purchasers in good faith when they acquired the disputed lot despite the annotated adverse claim on the title. The court has invariably ruled that in case of conflict between a vendee and an attaching creditor, an attaching creditor who registers the order of attachment and the sale of the property to him as the highest bidder acquires a valid title to the property as against a vendee who had previously bought the same property from the same owner but failed to register the deed of sale. This is because registration is the operative act that, that binds or affects the land. It is upon registration that there is notice to the whole world. But where a party has knowledge of a prior existing interest, as in this particular case, which is unregistered at the time he acquired the right to the same land, his knowledge of that prior unregistered interest has the effect of registration as to him. Knowledge of an unregistered sale is equivalent to registration. So, if you are aware, even if that transaction was not registered, notice na daw yun sa'yo. It is beyond dispute that the property in question had already been sold by La Fuente to petitioners on September 5, 1985. Petitioners immediately took possession thereof. When the notice of levy on attachment was recorded, and when the writ of execution and certificate of uh, sale was inscribed, the petitioner have been in actual, physical, continuous, and uninterrupted possession. Here, 
petitioner's adverse claim is annotated at the back of the title, coupled with the fact that they are in possession of the disputed property. These circumstances should have put respondents on guard and required them to ascertain the property being offered to them has already been sold to another to prevent injury to prior innocent buyers. A person who, who deliberately ignores a significant fact which would create suspicion in an otherwise reasonable man is not an innocent purchaser for value. Regardless of the non-registration of the deed of absolute sale to petitioners, nor the 30-day effectivity of the adverse claim under Section 70 of 1529, respondents were constructively notified of petitioners' prior purchase of the disputed property. On the title itself, it is readily perceived in reference to the adverse claim executed by plaintiffs that it was registered way ahead on November 20, 1986, compared to the notice of levy, writ of execution, and certificate of sale in favor of spouses' defendants, which were only registered on August 1988. So meaning, the mere fact that you are aware of an adverse claim, you were notified of an adverse claim, it only shows that you cannot be considered as an innocent purchaser for value that would then be um, given the benefit of the different doctrines applicable as such. So in this case, yung adverse claim niya, meron siya adverse claim na nauna compared to the notice of levy, rate of execution, and certificate of sale. Therefore, the adverse claimant would then be given priority. Okay? Now, how do we surrender uh, certificates in involuntary dealings? Okay. If an attachment or other lien in the nature of involuntary dealings in registered land is registered and the duplicate certificate is not presented at the time of registration, the register of deeds shall within 36 hours send notice by mail to the registered owner stating that such paper has been registered and requesting him to send or produce the duplicate certificate. If the owner neglects or refuses to comply within a reasonable time, the Register of Deeds shall report the matter to the court and it shall, after notice, enter an order to the owner to produce his certificate at the time and place named therein and may enforce the order by suitable process. Okay, so kasi nga, in involuntary dealings, the presentment of the duplicate certificate of title, the owner's duplicate certificate of title, is not yet necessary. But the RD will then require the owner to submit. Kung ayaw, we resolve to the court. Okay? Next, we move to notice of lease pendants. What is a notice of lease pendants? Diba lease pendants uh, in English, pending suit. So, no action to recover possession of real estate or to quiet title thereto or to remove clouds upon the title thereof or for partition or other proceedings of any kind directing, uh, uh, directly affecting the title to land or the use or occupation thereof. Okay? So, how do we define or how do we now um, in in, in in simple terms, what do we mean by notice of lease pendants? So considering that lease pendants literally means a pending suit, the doctrine of lease pendants refers to the jurisdiction, power, or control which a court acquires over property involved in a suit pending the continuance of the action and until final judgment. So what are the purposes of a notice of lease pendants to protect the rights of the party causing the registration to advise third persons who would like to purchase or, contra or, or, or contract on the, par on the subject property that they do so at the peril and subject to the result of the pending litigation. Okay, so, bahala ka. So, if you're a third person and nakita mo na may notice of lease pendants, binili mo pa rin, eh, pag natalo si 
si registered owner at napakamay sa ibang tao, eh bahala ka. That's that's the consequence. That's the um, price you have to pay for still purchasing a property despite having a notice of dispendence. Okay? So, tech, so, in effect, the filing of lease pendants will keep the subject matter of litigation within the power of the court until the entry of the final judgment so as to prevent the defeat of the latter by successive alienation. Okay, so, ma-warningan na yung mga third persons and si original owner. Hindi na rin niya basta-basta pwedeng ibenta yung property because of uh, a pending suit. Okay, so it binds purchaser of the land subject of the litigation to the judgment or decree that will be promulgated thereon whether such a purchaser is a bona fide purchaser or not. Okay, so again, yung mga succeeding purchasers, despite the notice of lease pendants, whatever the decision of the litigation, it will bind you as the purchaser. You cannot say, wala naman akong kinalaman dun sa pending suit eh. But again, there is a notice of lease pendants, you were aware of a pending suit, then it is only warranted that the judgment or decree should also bind you. Okay, so how do you annotate the notice of lease pendants? Of course, you have to lay down the property, the subject of, of um, the litigation, the court, having jurisdiction over the property okay and of course the property must be described in the pleadings so again please take note that when you speak of lease pendants hindi, hindi, we're not talking about any kind of pending suit we're only talking about um, an action or proceeding wherein the court the cause of action affects the title to possession of real property. Okay, so pero kung ang pending suit ay, let's say, uh, a criminal action for uh, trespassing or kung ano man, eh, hindi yun yung, yung um, list pendants na pinag-uusapan natin dito. The action or proceeding should affect the title to possession of real property. Okay? So when is a notice of lease pendants appropriate. So, ito, mga example. Action to recover possession of real estate. Action to quiet title thereto. Action to remove um, cloud on title. Action for partition. Any other proceedings in court that um, directly affects the title to the land or occupation thereof. Okay, so, please take note that a specific property is directly involved. Meron tayong pinag-uusapan na property dito. That property is what affects title thereto, possession thereof, with regard to that specific property. There need to be a specific property. Now, in no notice of lease pendants, before final judgment, the notice of lease pendants may be cancelled. How do we cancel the notice of lease pendants? First, if there is already an order of the court. Okay. Second, upon the instance of the party who registered the notice, if eventually nagkasundo na sila, they come up with a compromise, na terminate na yung yung court proceeding, the R um the RD may then cancel the notice of lease pendants. Verified petition by the party who caused the registration. Okay, so in these three instances, before final judgment, the notice of lease pendants may be cancelled. Okay, so just take note, um, naulit lang siya, but these two are the distinction between voluntary and involuntary dealings. So just take note of their differences. Okay, pero ang pinaka-importante lang naman dyan, kung um, for, for the bar exam, just take note, in involuntary dealings, presentation of the owner's duplicate certificate of title is not required. Unlike involuntary dealings, when it is required. Okay, and please take note also, 
that um, mortgage, okay, mortgage is considered as a voluntary dealing. Okay, mortgage is a voluntary dealing. Um, and what else? A sale, okay, lease, the extrajudicial settlement, these are all voluntary dealings. Now, we move forward with dealings with unregistered lands. Now, aside from an actual unregistered land, please take note that those lands under the Spanish mortgage law or those lands with the Spanish title that has not been converted into the torrent system or has not been issued a torrent title, we now consider them as unregistered land. Because under PD 1529, they were given a specific period to convert their Spanish title into Torrance title. So, kung hindi nila nagawa one way or another, nakalimutan or napabayaan, we now consider those lands as unregistered lands. So, ano ba ang sabi ni Section 113 about dealings with uh, unregistered land? Now, recording of instruments relating to unregistered lands, no deed, conveyance, mortgage, lease, or other voluntary instrument affecting land not registered under the torrent system shall be valid, except as between the parties thereto, unless such instruments shall have been recorded in the manner required herein. Now, registration under Section 113, remember, it cannot defeat a person with a better right. Okay, so what do we mean by a person under a uh, better right? Um, when you speak of better right, it refers to a right which has, which has been uh, acquired by a third party independently of the unregistered deed. Okay, so ibig sabihin, kung may ibang tao na nag-osend nag, uh, po na pala doon, or may ibang tao na may better title over that particular land, then hindi natin pwedeng ipilit yung registration of unregistered land. Okay? Because registration under Section 113 of PD 1529, um, it cannot defeat those people who has a, a better title or has better right over the land. Okay? So what are the effects? of transactions covering unregistered land. So just take note of this one. So between the parties, even if the transaction is not registered, the contract is valid and binding. Okay? But as among third persons, the law requires that in order for the transaction to be binding to third persons, the same must be registered. So ang pinag-uusapan natin dito is nagkaroon ng transaction with regard to a land that is not covered by the torrent system. Um, usually, uh, these are those lands na um, wala pang title, wala pang titulo, ba? Usong-uso yun ngayon eh. I, I have been seeing a lot of advertisement wherein raw lots are being sold and ang meron lang silang proof are just tax tech or minsan wala pa nga and then they're paying for it. Okay? So, um, between the parties, the contract is valid but if you as among third persons, you would need um, to have that sale registered. Okay, so, pag unregistered land kasi, of course, there are risks. Okay, there are risks involved. And number one na nga dun, if someone, you, you bought a property which is an unregistered land, and then someone comes in saying na, oops, um, eventually I... I, I, I was able to have this property registered, I have a certificate of title, then that person would then have a better right over you. Okay? Kasi as between you, who does not have any evidence of ownership, and someone with a certificate of title, which is considered as uh, an evidence of ownership, the court must... must uh, the court will gear towards someone with a stronger evidence of ownership. Okay? That's why it's very important that even if it is an unregistered land, you have to be very careful. Okay? Very careful in dealing. 
with unregistered land. Now, Assurance Fund, um, a while ago, I was discussing about the remedy available once a forged deed has already been transferred in the hands of an innocent purchaser for value. So what happens now is you can claim for damages, but what if um, damages is no longer available? There is such a thing as assurance fund. Okay. Now, under your PD 1529, Section 93, merong specific provision in assurance fund. You know, I... I've been teaching and I've about land titles and deeds for quite a long time. I've been doing land registration for quite a long time. Recently, lang talaga namin um, pinokpok or pinush na, or recently ko lang na intindihan or nalaman na the assurance fund is is there and is existing. Because for the longest time, we, I did not even know that in reality, there is such a thing as an assurance fund. Okay. In my mind, okay, I've read PD-1529 a couple of times. Okay, this is just in theory. Itong assurance fund, ito, this is just in theory. But for the past few years, the Supreme Court has been including this in the syllabus. Siguro, it's a way also for future lawyers and future litigants to be aware na the assurance fund is real. The assurance fund actually exists. Okay, kaya, um, even in in my lecture in law school, I always include the assurance fund. Dati kasi parang I just include this as, para for, for sake of academic discussion lang, as one of the remedies available. Pero parang in passing lang siya. Okay, pero recently kasi the Supreme Court has been really including this one. Assurance fund. Talagang nandun na siya sa syllabus, nakaspecify na siya. So, it's, it's, it's now very important for us to be aware of the concept of the assurance fund and the fact that it is uh, existing and that we can really claim um, from the assurance fund. Okay, so section 93, contribution to the assurance fund. Upon the entry of a certificate of title on the name of the registered owner and also upon the original registration on the certificate of a title of a building or other improvements on the land covered by said certificate, as well as upon the entry of a certificate pursuant to any subsequent transfer of registered land, there shall be paid to the register of deeds one-fourth of one percent of the assessed value of the real estate on the basis of the last assessment for taxation purposes, as contribution to the assurance fund. Where the land involved has not yet been assessed for taxation, its value for purposes of this decree shall be determined by the sworn declaration of two disinterested persons to the effect that the value fixed by them is to their knowledge a fair valuation. So take note of this one, one-fourth of one percent of the assessed value. Okay. Nothing in this section shall in any way preclude the court from increasing the valuation of the property should it appear during the hearing that the value stated is too small. Now, what is the purpose of the assurance fund? To safeguard the right of prejudiced parties rightfully entitled to an interest in the land, but shut off from obtaining titles thereto. Okay, Estrellado versus Martinez. Other purposes to relieve innocent persons from the harshness of the doctrine that a certificate is conclusive evidence of an indefeasible title to land. So technically, an assurance fund is the insurance to the innocent purchaser for value who relied on the validity of the real properties certificate of title or on the original owner who cannot claim anymore because the title has already been transferred to an innocent purchaser for value. Now, who has custody and investment of the assurance fund? All money received by the RD is paid to the national treasurer. 
Okay, so he shall keep this money in an assurance fund which may be invested in the manner and form authorized by law. So the income of the assurance fund shall be added to the principal until said fund amounts to 500,000 pesos, in which event the excess income from investments as well as from the collections of such fund shall be paid into the national treasury to the account of the assurance fund. Now, how do you recover? How do you recover from the assurance fund? First, that a person sustains loss or damage or is deprived of any estate or interest in the land. Second, on account of the bringing of land under the operation of the torrent system arising after original registration. Through fraud, error, omission, mistake, or any misdescription in a certificate of title. But remember, it should be without negligence on, on the part of the claimant. And that claimant is already barred or precluded from bringing an action for the recovery of such land. But technically, before you proceed with the assurance fund, there's a hierarchy. So you need first um, to exhaust the remedies available. Like for example, diba, you claim first damages. Yun pa rin yung primary goal. And then, if for example, hindi lang available yung um, claim for damages because insolvent si, si uh, forger or um, barred by prescription, only then can you go for the assurance fund. Okay, so what is the condition sine qua non? The person who brings an action for damages against the assurance fund shall be the registered owner. And as to the holders of, trans of transfer certificate of title, that they be innocent purchaser in good faith and for value. And another requirement is that there must be a showing that there is no negligence on their part when they sustain the loss or damage or when they were deprived of their land or interest therein. Okay, so kailangan hindi dahil sa negligence nila or hindi dahil sa sarili nilang gawa, that's why they sustained loss or damage. In Blanco versus uh, Izquierdo, the remedy of the person's prejudice is to bring an action for damages against those causing fraud. And if the latter are insolvent, an action against the treasurer of the Philippines may be filed. So my hierarchy siya. Okay, so you have to exhaust first the primary remedy available. And only then, pag wala kang napala doon sa remedy available, can you go to the assurance fund. But take note also that once you are able to claim to the assurance fund, you are already barred from eventually running after the recovery of your title. Kasi nabayaran ka na. Kasi ito na nga yung insurance mo. This is your remedy already. You cannot do double parang mangyayari. Nakasingil ka na sa assurance fund tapos magpa-file ka pa ng case to recover possession. Okay, so parang magiging, in, 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 in theory, parang double compensation. Binayaran ka ng insurance for the, for the wrongful um, injury done to you. Tapos may possibility pa na mabawi mo pa pala yung property mo. Okay, so take note of that one. Now, in an action for claiming under the assurance fund, the defendants are the register of deeds. Okay, and... The National Treasurer. Okay, Section 96 provides for that. Just take note that the action must be brought within six years from the time that the right to bring the action occurred. So, six years. So, you have six years to claim under the Assurance Fund. Now, when is there not... When is um, claim against the assurance fund not warranted. Okay, so, kailan hindi pwedeng mag-claim? Of course, if there is no deprivation of your land. Okay? If the title was eventually nullified, if you were negligent in protecting your in, in, uh, interest, and if there were circumstances which should have put you on guard and prompted you to investigate the property, 
Okay, so no recovery. Recovery is not warranted. Okay, so moving forward, just read um, section 1997 with regard to judgments on how it is being satisfied. Just take note of the, the provisions in sections 98, 99, and 100. Okay, so uh, with regard to general fund, uh, payment, to the national treasury these are just a procedure okay i just want you to read it for you to be uh, familiar with with these provisions but technically i just want you to uh, be aware of the core concept of the assurance fund so in summary when you speak of recovery of damages from the assurance fund this is when a person who sustains loss or damage or is deprived of any land or interest therein by the operation of the torrent system after original registration without negligence on his part is entitled to recover damages from the assurance fund okay now generally it has to be uh, an owner okay or the owner of his, or, or the registrant in in a certificate of title but pwede rin naman na uh, hindi siya yung nakapangalan sa certificate of title Okay, as long as you are considered as an innocent purchaser for value. And the prescriptive period is within six years from the, the time the right of action accrues. Okay. Now, another uh, important remedy in, in a land registration is reconstitution. Now, what do you mean by reconstitution? The reconstitution of a certificate of title denotes restoration of the instrument, which is supposed to have been lost or destroyed in its original form and condition. Now, what is the purpose of reconstitution? Bakit ba tayo may reconstitution? First, is to have the same reproduced, yung title. To have the certificate of title reproduced after proper proceeding in the same form that they were when the loss or destruction occurred. Okay, so reconstitution denotes the restoration of the certificate of title allegedly lost or destroyed in its original form and condition. When you speak of reconstitution, take note, ha? we are not talking about the question of ownership. It does not pass upon the question of ownership. But, reconstitution partakes of a land registration proceeding. Meaning, you still need to provide proof that the title that you want to be restored is indeed lost or destroyed. Okay, so purpose, to have the title reproduced. What are the legal bases? Of course, your PD-1529, RA-26, your judicial reconstitution, RA-6732, your administrative reconstitution, and LRA Circular 13 that talks about reconstitution. Okay. Take note that the reconstitution is proper only when it is satisfactorily shown that the title sought to be reconstituted is lost or no longer available. So what are the requisites for an order for of reconstitution to be issued? Certificate of title has been lost or destroyed. The documents presented are sufficient and proper to warrant the reconstitution of the lost or destroyed title. That the petitioner is registered okay. so what are the requisites for an order for reconstitution to be issued okay so you have to meet this requisites Okay, first, that the certificate of title had been lost or destroyed, that the documents presented by the petitioner are sufficient and proper to warrant reconstitution of the lost or destroyed certificate of title, 
that the petitioner is the registered owner of the property or have an interest therein. That the certificate of title was in force at the time it was lost and or destroyed and that the description area and boundaries of the property are substantially the same and those contain, as those contained in the lost or destroyed certificate of title. So how do we reconstitute land title? You have judicial reconstitution and you have administrative reconstitution. Let's talk about judicial reconstitution. What is judicial reco uh, reconstitution? The governing law is, of course, your RA number 26. So judicial reconstitution have, uh, can be availed of when original copies of certificates of title is lost or destroyed in the office of the register of deeds as well as liens and encumbrances affecting lands covered by such titles. Okay. Now, judicial reconstitution of title is a court case which shall be filed within the proper RTC okay, where the property is located. Okay, so, these are what you should allege if you are planning for a judicial recognition, uh, reconstitution. Under RA number 26, okay, these are the requirements. Okay. The original certificate of title, transfer certificate of title, liens and encumbrances. Okay. When you speak of a judicial reconstitution as well, there are requirements of notice by publication, posting, and mailing. So, medyo my pet. Kasi nga, if you want to have a, a, a title reconstituted, reconstituted, we have to make sure that the certificate of title is really lost or destroyed. Baka naman hindi pala lost or destroyed. Inano pala? Sinanla mo pala. Or nasa kamay lang pala ng, uh, ng pinagkautangan mo or nasa asawa mo pala. Okay? That's why there is a, a tedious requirement of notice by publication, posting, and mailing. Okay? So, the judicial recognition, uh, reconstitution, this is the process. The administrative reconstitution, on the other hand, may be availed only in case of substantial loss or destruction of land titles due to fire, flood, or other force majeure as determined by the LRA. Okay, so what are the conditions? The number of certificates of title loss or damage should be at least 10% of the total number in the possession of RD, but in no case shall be less than 500. I remember the administrative reconstitution maraming nag-avail when the Quezon City RD um, experienced a uh, fire. Okay, so talagang nasunog yung, yung RD sa Quezon City. Okay, so, many people uh, avail the administrative reconstitution. Unfortunately, marami ring nagsabi that because nasunog nga yung RD and because it opened uh, the floodgate for administrative reconstitution, madami din daw sindikato yung mga who were able to acquire lands because of the benefit of the administrative reconstitution. Okay, so, but anyway, just remember, kasi, uh, Yung, yung conditions wherein at least 10% of the total no casual number 500 and because administrative reconstitution talagang mangyayari lang siya if loss, the loss of and destruction of the titles in the LRA or in the RD as the case may be. Okay. So what are the sources of administrative reconstitution? Owners duplicate of the certificate of title or pwedeng co-owners, mortgagee, or lessees duplicate of the certificate of title. Okay, so those are the two kinds of reconstitution. You have judicial reconstitution, administrative reconstitution. Administrative reconstitution will only happen due to for, force majeure or fortuitous event that, uh, that affects the land titles in general. Okay, so under 6732, this is just the process on how you can file for an administrative reconstitution.
Okay, so what are the differences between judicial reconstitution versus administrative reconstitution? For judicial, you file it with the RTC. For administrative, you file it with your RD. The legal basis for your judicial reconstitution is RA 26, while the legal basis for your administrative reconstitution is RA 6732. In judicial, of course, administrative reconstitution is not possible. Okay, and in administrative, you only apply or use it when at least 10% of the Register of Deeds records of certificates of title were destroyed or lost due to fire, flood, or force majeure, but should not be less than 500. In judicial, it accepts more documents as proof of ownership. Unlike in administrative, it, it, is, it is limited to owners and co-owners, duplicate, certificate of title, or any document that would affect the, the right over the said property. Okay. So, Section 109 and Section 110 talks about reconstitution of lost or destroyed original torrent title. Pero, if you look at it, Section 109, Notice and Replacement of Lost Duplicate Certificate. Section 110, Reconstitution of Lost or Destroyed Original Torrent Title. So, anong difference nila? 109, what is lost is just the duplicate certificate of title. Yung duplicate, but the original is still there. Unlike in reconstitution, what is lost is actually the original copy of the certificate of title. In section 109, ang nawawala is the title which is in the custody of the owner. Unlike in reconstitution, the title that is lost is in the custody of the RD. Regardless ha, if it's judicial or administrative reconstitution, nawawala talaga yung original certificate of title. In Section 109, the original Certificate of Title is still intact in the RD, kaya you can easily request for a new owner's duplicate. Unlike in 110, the original Certificate of Title is really no longer to be found. But just take note that when you speak of reconstitution, I would like to reiterate that it is important that the title has really been lost or destroyed. Because if it is not lost and destroyed and it is merely in the hands of another person, by one way or another, nasa kanya, then reconstitution may be annulled. Okay? And the reconstitution is void and we now revert back to the original certificate of title. Kung nakalagay doon. Okay? We will not be cancelling that. So therefore, when we speak of the reconstitution, we're talking about an original certificate of title that is really lost and or destroyed. Okay? Lastly, I would like to talk about another remedy available in land registration, which is reversion. Okay, I just want you to take note of reversion because reversion is an action where the ultimate relief sought is to revert the land back to the government under the Regalian Doctrine. Okay, so this is an action which seeks to restore public land fraudulently awarded or disposed to private individuals. Okay, so by error or by whatever reason, for example, yung isang forest land has been transferred to a private person, then the government may file an action for reversion para mabawi yung land and put it back to the land of the public domain. Okay? For reversion, the state is not bound by prescription. So the reversion proceeding will not does not have a prescriptive period. It will not prescribe. Because we go back to the doctrine that lands of the public domain is not susceptible to private appropriation and therefore occupation or possession thereof no matter how long will not ripen into ownership and the same follows that the state kahit kunwari after 20 years lang nila na-realize na itong part pala ng forest land na pangalan kay ABC then ABC cannot use as a defense na prescribed na po kayo state to file an action for reversion 
because an action for reversion does not prescribe. Also, the indefeasibility of a torrent's title is not a bar to an investigation by the state as to how such title has been acquired. Okay, so indefeasibility of title will not lie. But is this rule absolute? No. Where the title of an innocent purchaser for value was sought to be cancelled, it was held that it is only fair and reasonable to apply the equitable principle of estoppel by latches against the government. Okay, so prescription does not lie for the state, but the principle of estoppel by latches can be applied. And also the principle of res judicata. Neither may the title holder be made to bear the unfavorable effect of the mistake or negligence of the state's agents in the absence of proof of complicity in a fraud or of manifest damage to third persons. So just take note, sinama ko lang yung reversion kasi it's important um, in relation to the Regalian Doctrine. Okay? So take note of when reversion could be applied to. What's the general rule? General rule, state is not bound by prescription nor by the indivisibility of a title, of Torrance title. Exception, principle of estoppel by latches. Okay, so that ends our lecture in land titles and deeds. I hope that you were able to gather as much important principles, doctrines, and theories that would be beneficial in land registration cases. Please answer previous bar exam questions relating to land titles and deeds. That will be very helpful for you, especially when you embark on the upcoming bar exam. So good luck. I wish you all the best. And if you have any questions or clarifications, you may send an email to the jurist admin and I will be happy to answer them for you. Okay, so once again, good luck and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much for listening to this lecture.